You are listening to Plugged In, a podcast dedicated to the energy and utility industry. Each episode, our host, Mark Babin, speaks with industry leaders to bring you the latest information that can help optimize your operations. And now for your host, please welcome Mark Babin. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The Plugged In Podcast. I am your host, Mark Babin. It's fantastic to have you with me on this episode. Thank you so much for joining. What do energy customers want from their providers? That is the all-important question that we'll be answering and discussing today. Of course, things have changed significantly over the past number of years and they will continue to do that over the next number of years. But what do energy customers want from their providers? It was a traditionally routinely linear industry from supplier to customer, but it's now very much a customer centric industry. We'll be talking about all of that and much, much more on this episode. We are very excited to welcome Claire Gotham, the managing director at Protivity. They are a global consulting firm that delivers deep expertise, objective insights, a tailored approach and unparalleled collaboration to help with energy leaders as they confidently face the future. Claire has over 20 years of experience. She has seen some of the biggest trends and transformations within the industry, and we are honored to have her on this podcast. So enough talk. Let's get into this fantastic episode of the Plugged In Podcast, and I'll see you guys on the other side for a quick wrap-up. Enjoy the episode. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate the opportunity to dive into some of these topics and address some of these changes. So thank you for being with us today. Mark, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to dive in. Absolutely. Well, let's do that and let's get right into it. I think we have to start this discussion with a talk about the transition the industry has seen from that more linear approach, as I mentioned, to what you've previously described as a circular approach that rotates around a single point. And of course, that is the customer. So simply put, what caused this shift? Was it a change in customer expectations or were there more elements at play here? That's a great question. It would be amazing if I could tell you it was one specific thing in time. Like, <laughs> you know, this this thing happened and then it all changed. Um, but really, you know, we know things don't really evolve like that. Of it, it's, it's a number of things. So you have, you do have a shifting um, perspective of the customer. So the customer has become increasingly knowledgeable about energy, where their energy comes from, how it works. That has coincided with deregulation. Right. And, and it could be a bit of a chicken and an egg. Right. Does the customer know more because of deregulation or are we having more deregulation because they know more? But, you know, the fact of the matter is in many markets here in the U.S., you can pick your energy provider. Mm-hmm. Some markets you can pick your gas and your power provider. Some markets like I'm in the southeast, you can only pick you know, your gas provider. Right. Um, so you have deregulation. You add to those two items, I think, the increasing electrification of our lives. Right. So mm-hmm. this thing becomes more and more important. And then we're going to layer the on top of that sandwich, the excitement of the increasing number of extreme weather events and the increasing intensity of those events. So we're having events that we used to call, you know, hundred year storms mm-hmm. that are affecting people that are happening every five years, you know, and um, people are saying, well, I, I don't, you keep using those words of hundred year storm and maybe they don't know what it means because <laughs> yeah. it's happening all the time. So I think you take all those things together and it's really pushing utilities to make a shift towards their customers. 
Yeah, and creating that circular approach where every element of the business has to relate to them in some way, I suppose, rather than before when we look at the linear approach, it was pretty much whatever the utility company said goes. And that's the way it used to be, right? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it used to be everything was vertically integrated. So mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, transmission, the generation and the distribution was all owned by the same entity. And literally the customer, pun fully intended, just got what was pushed down the pipe to them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you get what you get and you don't catch a fit kind of scenario. And then as things have changed and things have been broken up and now some entities have generation, some have transmission, some have distribution, you have some options. Um, You add into that all of the exciting developments we're seeing around renewables, around distributed energy resources. We could go into microgrids. Um, That's really changing things. And so, you know, you do have to have this approach that's more of a, we talked about this, the circle or a wheel, the customer in the middle, and you have all of those pieces, those spokes coming into that customer. Yeah, back to that center point. So mm-hmm. obviously this shift has taken place. It c- continues to take place and continues to evolve. And for, for every year that goes on, it'll get exponentially faster with the advancement of technology. But how are providers reacting to this change? Are we seeing more of a reactive side where they're simply adjusting on the go and whatever hits them they're reacting to? Or are we seeing energy providers be proactive and, and look for solutions to prevent further problems down the line? Yeah, that's a quick, great question. And I would say that we're seeing both, okay. right? Leaders in the marketplace, they are proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the folks that are going to get left behind are the folks that are, are being very reactive. So we'll sort of not focus on them because they have to come up the curve. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the leaders, I would tell you, they are embracing this change. And they are also leading the culture change within their organization. And that's really what it is. It's a culture change. You have an industry that has not had to change in 100 years, a century. (laughs) And then now it's having to change very rapidly. And my analogy I always use is it's the aircraft carrier turning in the ocean. Um, You know, might decide Mm -hmm. to change course, but it takes a long time to come around. And that we don't have that time. So these leaders, they are recognizing that, embracing the change and leading the change in a real way. They're investing in new technology. They're investing in um, additional, you know, green renewable resources that can integrate with their current dispatchable resources so that you have a, you know, reliable grid um, and keeping an eye towards the future as they increase those items. Um, They have a very holistic view of their customers and their companies. And then finally, and I don't think this is the least important piece, is they're taking all of that and they're aligning that new holistic view with their actions, with their uh, customer engagement. And that's really what's key. Mm-hmm. So not it's just reacting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're not just doing, they're looking at their unique customer set and then creating the best strategy off of that, um, which I think is something we see mirrored in, in many industries right now, especially over the last two years where there's been such a significant change in how people, customers treat any type of service or product or anything. Where does the opportunity lie for, obviously we have the big companies, we have the small energy providers. There's a lot of companies in that middle area where they're all fighting tooth and nail uh, in their industries or in their sectors. When it comes to being proactive, though, obviously, I think we can say pretty safely here that the more proactive you are, mm-hmm. the better you will set yourself up for in the future. But is there a balance that had to be had? Like, they can't just be innovating at every single step. There has to be some type of taking that step back first, I guess. How would, how would like, for opportunities in the middle group, where would you say they have to be looking? 
Yeah, I think um, they need to be, you know, planning for the future and, and building for the future, not the past. But that also includes integrating it with the current. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we have to innovate. We have to be able to integrate those things into the current structure and we have to do it in a scalable way. So I think that that's that's the trick. You know, it's not it's not an easy it's not an easy thing. No, certainly but, not. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I love that you touched on some of the technology and the solutions, of course, that are being adopted. I think there's a wealth of them on the market. Uh, tons of different software, hardware, mm-hmm. consulting services, everything under the sun. But as the shift has hit providers, um, and, and from what you've seen, what areas of the operation and customer journey are you seeing the most impactful solutions come to market? So where is that sweet spot right now? And then looking in the next five years or so? Sure. Yeah. So specific to the customers, um, and, and really this is enterprise wide, I would say mm-hmm. for it, utilities and really the industry, it's, it comes down to data. Um, every industry will, you know, has a lot of data, but the energy industry utilities, they have an increasing number of data points. Um, and that's just going to keep increasing as people add um, different smart items into their home. You know, uh, I, I, I've lost count of how many smart things I have in my house. And we're not, <laughs> we're not even that like smart in our house as far as like technology. We don't, you know, we have, you know, we have uh, an, some Amazon devices. I don't want to say the name because it'll perk up. Start talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I exactly start talking back to me. Uh, you know, but we have you know smart thermometers and appliances and all of those things. And, you know, eventually EVs and all of that adds in. So being able to take the data have, you know, AI, machine learning eventually to lead to predictive analytics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really for, for utilities, the ability to um, predict customer um, outcomes, whether it's usage, whether it's time offline for a power plant, whether it's time back up after an extreme weather event, um, all of those things, you know, better predictive analytics and more real-time data. And, and being able to use it, I think is going to be important. And, and I would, I would give you the example of a Texas, you know, everybody's familiar with what happened in Texas as far as of course. Um, the polar vortex. Um, Texas was an early adopter of smart meters. So a lot of those utilities, a lot of those service providers had smart meters in, but not all of them have then leveraged that ability to, to take the data and really, really um, exploit what the smart meters can help them do you know, as, as opposed to just like, it's easy meter reading. No, I mean, those things can really leverage with some data analytics into real valuable insights for those entities and for their customers. So I think that's a good example of, of, a, of a missed opportunity that hopefully in the future, we, we won't have to have those. And one that we've learned from hopefully with that situation. And that's just where smart meters are installed. And I know, obviously, providers are trying to replace old meters as best they can everywhere. But a large percentage of energy customers around the world still have traditional analog or digital meters in place. So with those cases, then if, if that data is so important, where do the solutions lie for providers to be able to collect that more, engage with their customers more from that data? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they do have to, whether the data comes to them, you know, quote unquote manually, like mm-hmm. through a manual meter read or through, you know, smart metering, they have to then still apply data analytics yeah. to that information and, and come up with some predictive analytics um, because their customers will have patterns. They will have behaviors um, that, that they can learn from and learn to better serve those customers. 
um, I think that's really key. Yeah. And I think especially with that ability to engage, like you were mentioning, I think that data is, is this the starting point. They have to be collecting data on all sorts of scenarios to, to anticipate predictive analytics, like you said, predictive energy, and then even just customers looking to stay with providers. I'd love to touch on that with you as well. Obviously the, the market's getting as competitive as it could be with, with more small providers coming in, offering completely digital experiences and so on and so forth. Um, but that loyalty factor seen as an innovator, is there something to be said for those companies that really want to go out and show the people, hey, we are taking that step forward. We are coming up with solutions that we can engage with you better, get you involved in the process. Is that a potential play uh, for operators in the future? Yeah, I think it is. Because the two areas that we've seen where customers feel the most effects from their utilities are around knowledge and communication. Mm-hmm. Great. Right? It's... It's so they want to to know what's going on, and they want to know it, you know, in a, in a way that's like communicated quickly, easily, um, and those and that's great news for utilities because those are two areas where they have, you know, control. That's under their control. So um, if they can if they can work on those two areas, then they're going to be able to retain that customer. Maybe that they were in in danger of losing. Maybe mm-hmm. they can attract new customers and also improve the customer experience. Um, I'll give another sort of cautionary tale, which was uh, a not to be named utility in the Northeast mm-hmm. during a storm. Um, I think it was, I've lost track of time now with with, with COVID and quarantine, but I think it was last fall um, where there was a, you know, a big storm, a lot of outages, and they did not anticipate that like customers would be, would be trying to contact them or get information from multiple information sources so mm-hmm. the same customer let's say let's say it was me you know using my phone uh you know maybe the app mm-hmm. logging into the website from my computer um maybe also on my ipad maybe also trying to call all of these you know from you know one customer and then you at multiply that by the number of customers who were doing this Overload. they were overwhelmed yeah they were overwhelmed they did not have just basic customer reps to talk to people they didn't their system wasn't set up to to manage the the e-traffic uh it was kind of a huge giant mess on top of the mess they were literally already cleaning up from the storm um and that was a huge customer fail so i think that fail can be turned into an opportunity in the future for that company and for other companies right lessons learned yeah and really putting the priority on making sure that you have the opportunity to like the the, customers shouldn't have to go to three or four sources to get information and if they do all that and they still don't have information Good luck renewing them, I guess, when it comes to that. That just opens the door for other companies to jump in. Absolutely. Like when we have an outage here, let's say, you mm-hmm. know, where I live in the Southeast from a storm, you know, that's not my power provider's fault. No. So I'm not like, you know, shaking my fist at, at Southern Company, um, of course. But when I can then pull up the Georgia Power app and I can see, you know, exactly where I am, I can see where the outage is and I get an estimate of, of power restoration and then that's accurate. Um, and this has happened somewhat recently, you know, it says, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes or it even gives like, you know, to the minute time and then the power comes up back on at that predicted time. They have made me a very happy customer. Yeah. I've forgotten my annoyance about the power outage, which wasn't their fault in the first place. Mm-hmm. But if they'd given me an inaccurate forecast of power restoration, all of a sudden that event turns into their fault in my mind as the customer. It's not yeah. fair. This is just how we how we operate as humans, right? So then I would be mad at Southern Company when it really wasn't their fault. Like the you know, 
storm came, trees blew down, power went out. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's the opportunity that they have. Yeah, communication. So if we really look at where should providers be focusing their attention on when it comes to this new customer-centric model, communication is obviously number one in your eyes? Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then so after communication, obviously they do their best to communicate and engage. Then then where would you say that the priorities need to lie after that? Or is it kind of just a big ocean after that? Well, it, it, it then gets into you know, bigger picture things that are mm-hmm. still part of the customer experience. But um, I would say the bigger picture items that would be top of mind for me if I were a utility executive would be, you know, building the future um, uh, future weather planning into all planning. Okay. Right? And then act on it. Um, and then additionally, diverse, diversification of the power generation fuel portfolio. So how you, you know, what fuel you use to create your power, right? Um as we start to add in different parts of that, you know, generation mix, we want to diversify without sacrificing reliability. And you want to also find balancing support from the demand side management and then from DERs. So again, these are things that are sort of a little bit of behind the curtain, you know, the wizard behind the curtain as far as the customer is concerned, but in the end it will um, increase their experience because the grid will be more reliable. Their service will be more reliable. Hopefully it will be lower cost. Right. And that, that's really the marching orders of utilities is reliability at the lowest cost, you know, cost possible. Yeah. And is that the big deciding factor? I think the work you guys do obviously working with providers, getting buy-in from service providers, where does that come in most? Is there a specific like keyword? Is it all about what you just mentioned there or, or are there other elements that, really encourage that buy-in from you mean from the client side from yeah. the service provider side yeah from the service yeah, provider it really depends on where they are um on their journey sure. let's say um and some are just further along mm-hmm. it, it is a big culture change i mean we talked about earlier at the top of this podcast um this is an industry that hasn't really had to change business models for 100 yeah. years <laughs> um and now they're and now they're having to to be the speedboat in the ocean when really they're an aircraft carrier and, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a tough transition. So it just depends on who they are and where they are on that journey. And then we really just try and meet them there. Yeah. Right. Um, if, if you're, if you're really resistant to change, I, I'm not going to come in and try and overhaul everything at one time. <laughs> right. We try and operate on what we can, what, what we can affect change where we can and help and support. And then, and then, you know, slow increments like the drip method. Yeah. Yeah. One piece at a time, not overwhelming, accomplish something, get a good grasp on it, then move to the next. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So obviously we've spoken about where service providers should be looking. Are there any black holes of of where people can just get sucked in, where providers can just get sucked into just a dead end of of a certain type of solution or a certain aspect of the customer journey or anything innovative wise that they should just avoid at all costs based on what you're seeing coming up in the next number of years? Wow, a black hole. Um, <laughs> it's like all loss of light. Uh, I do think that you know, any kind. This is true of any company. You know, you can get really bogged down in things that don't matter. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the solution. The solution is important, mm-hmm. but when you get down to some of the minutia, especially in a larger company like a utility where you have lots and lots of layers of folks, some of that can just become overwhelming to people. Yeah. Where, you know progress over perfection yeah 
So I've seen, you know, clients sort of waste time and energy, no pun intended, and, and money over things in the long run are not going to improve their business, are not going to improve their customer satisfaction or their customer's experience. It's just something that's like um, sort of internal crazy making. So I think and I'm, I'm sure that's true in a lot of in- industries and companies. I'm just particular to mine, I know, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think I love that progress over perfection. That, that's a brilliant way to put it. It's taking those steps forward uh, and just keeping keeping that momentum rather than trying to perfect every single step. Our customers, do you feel like they'd be a bit more forgiving if those steps are being taken on a regular basis? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also feels more comfortable, right? Like change that's incremental feels more comfortable than like a complete, you know, uh, 180 overhaul. So I think customers also, you know, if they're, if they feel like they're with you along the journey and also if they feel like they're being heard and that goes back to the communication, Mm -hmm. if they feel like they're being heard, um, as customers, they're much more apt to stick with you, to forgive missteps, um, and, and to, to be part of the journey and to feel invested. Yeah. It all comes back to the communication. I love that. It's really the the true center point of this whole, uh, this model and it's brilliant way to put it. No, it's fantastic. And a really great way to bring the episode, uh, full circle right back to that starting point. It's fantastic. Thank you so very much for all the great, great insights. Uh, I've been taking notes like crazy. I know the audience probably has as well. So really appreciate the insights before we wrap any last thoughts you'd like to share. Well, sure. I always, um, like to share the fact that um, people sometimes are surprised by the fact that my academic background is I have a degree in anthropology. Oh, wow. <laughs> which, uh, right? Um, and, and I oftentimes give talks um, at industry groups and with women's groups about this because um, it doesn't seem like a natural progression into the energy in- industry. But, but I would argue that we all need to be anthropologists right now as we're going through this energy transition. And and just for those who may, maybe aren't familiar, anthropology is the study of humankind and behaviors and cultures, um, past, present, and even future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we really need to do is sort of be armchair anthropologists as we move through, you know, this energy transition. So I think that that's, um, I like to give a little plug for anthropology there. That's an unreal connection. <laughs> Wow. I give you full props for that one. I would not have put those two together. That's super fascinating. And you're right. It's all about that. I mean, it's such a shift that we're going through constantly and it's only going to get significantly faster uh, as we go forward. So I love that. I love that bridge. Brilliant. Claire, again, thank you so very much. It's been fantastic talk. Really, really appreciate the insights you were willing to share uh, and able to. And uh, like I said, I know the audience will have plenty to take away. So uh, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing insights from Claire. So much to digest after that episode. Amazing insights. I was taking notes all episode long. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you were as well, though. Lots to take forward if you are in the industry. Lots of actionable items that we spoke about. It all comes down to communication, folks. And that couldn't be more true, especially when we look at this customer-centric approach that the energy industry seems to be having more and more of as we move forward and you can guarantee that's going to be the way it's progressing in the next five to ten years so a great podcast a big thank you to claire from protivity for being on this episode and sharing those amazing insights a look behind the curtain as she said herself it's fantastic thank you all so much for being on the episode of course 
The Plugged In Podcast is written and produced by your friends at AnyLine based in the beautiful country of Austria. If you want more information about utilities and some of the technology behind the latest solutions, you can visit us online at anyline.com forward slash industries forward slash utilities. And with that, we'll bring this episode to a fantastic end. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the very next episode of the Plugged In Podcast. And until then, everyone have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon.